Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From the Bloomberg Interactive Worker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, May 9th. Coming up today. All eyes on the White House ahead of a key meeting on the debt ceiling. Americans lose confidence in the Federal Reserve and share Jay Powell. UBS reshuffles its management team, the first move since the takeover of Credit Suisse. And shares of Palantir surge on strong demand for artificial intelligence tools. Calls continue for charges in the death of a New York subway rider. Plus, Senate Democrats want a list of gifts from a billionaire to Justice Clarence Thomas. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. The Knicks lost again in Miami. Trailed the series 3-1. to one. The Lakers beat the Warriors. The Yankees beat the eight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. The latest on the debt ceiling. The White House and congressional leaders meet today to work on a path toward an agreement. Amy Morris has a preview from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. The possibility of a short-term fix for the debt standoff has gained traction since Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned the U.S. may be unable to service debt come June 1st. Republican Senator Bill Cassidy of Louisiana tells Bloomberg that could work, but it depends on the White House. I think a short-term debt ceiling increase would do a little bit of a cooling-off period. But you can ask, if the president is not going to engage... What does buying short-term mean? Former Democratic Senator from Indiana Tim Romer tells Bloomberg Sound On that a short-term extension is the more likely outcome, but there are other options to watch for. Or you try to circumvent the process, either with the 14th Amendment or you have a discharge petition on the House floor and Democrats try to... um, cajole and persuade five Republicans to get something cleaner done on the House floor. Today's meeting starts at four at the White House. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, a debt ceiling deal will get done. That's the view from Bill Gross, the former chief investment officer at PIMCO. In the meantime, he recommends buying short-term Treasury bills. I think it's ridiculous. Um, You know, it's always resolved and not that it's a 100 percent chance, but I I think it gets resolved. I would suggest for those that are uh, less concerned, uh, similar to myself, that they, uh, you know, they buy a one-month two-month Treasury bill at a much higher rate than they get with a longer-term Treasury bill. Bill Gross made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg, saying short-dated bills have soared since Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned the government could run out of cash in June. Well, when it comes to the debt ceiling, Karen, the Federal Reserve is staying on the sidelines. At the same time, we are learning confidence in Chair Jay Powell is falling. Let's get the details from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. And not many people trust Jay Powell to do the right thing, Nathan. The results of a Gallup poll out this morning show the lowest level of confidence recorded since they began tracking public perception of the central bank chief in 2001. 
Only 36% of you as adults say they have a great deal or a fair amount of confidence that the chairman would do the right thing for the economy. His popularity fell as inflation rose and interest rates marched higher. And the chance of winning any popularity contest looking slimmer. A Fed survey of lending officers shows banks reported tighter standards and weaker demand for loans in the first quarter, increasing the chance of recession. In New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, John. While regional banks are in focus in the Golden State today, California says it's boosting scrutiny of lenders with over $50 billion in assets. Ed Baxter has the story from our Bloomberg 960 newsroom in San Francisco. This, of course, is more in the fallout from the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. The Department of Financial Protection and Innovation says it plans to overhaul its processes with more personal scrutiny of staffing policies and technology deficiencies. In interviews with employees, there were constant complaints and criticism regarding understaffing and lack of safety precautions. Promises had been made to increase staffing before the collapse of SVB, but the time frame had been set for some time in 2023. They say it will happen now. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Ed. Back on Wall Street, Goldman Sachs has agreed to settle accusations it systematically underpaid women. We get more on that from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. We're told Goldman struck a deal with lawyers representing about 2,800 women in a class action. They had claimed the firm discriminated against them in pay and promotions. We are told Goldman will pay $215 million to end the lawsuit. About a third of the settlement is expected to be set aside for attorney fees. The upcoming trial was scheduled for next month in New York. It would have provided a rare public forum for testimony about inequality inside the financial industry an industry where all but one of the six biggest U.S. banks have only ever been run by men. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thanks. Well, over in Europe today, CEO Sergio Ermati is overhauling the management team at UBS. Todd Tuckner will replace Sari Youngwood as chief financial officer. It's the first staffing move since the takeover of Credit Suisse. We get more from Bloomberg's Menace Cranny. He's a veteran. And what you will find is this is what's coming through from Amati's appointment. This is about people that he knows, people who he trusts, people who he's been around. He knows how they make decisions. He knows how they act in an integration. And Bloomberg's Manus Cranny says UBS also appointed former Credit Suisse CEO Ulrich Kerner to its top management body. Back here in the U.S., Karen, shares of Palantir are surging. They're up more than 19 percent in the pre-market. The company gave a strong earnings forecast and said demand for its new artificial intelligence tool is unprecedented. Palantir works with governments and corporations with sensitive networks. It offers services to analyze information like criminal databases, DMV records, or phone data. And more changes on the way at Twitter, Nathan. The company will soon remove accounts that have been inactive for several years. That's the word from Elon Musk, who warns that users could see follower accounts drop after the purge. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Protesters in New York City once again called for charges after the death of a New York subway rider with a history of mental illness. Last evening, demonstrators and police clashed near the Broadway Lafayette Street Station, where Jordan Neely died after he was put in a chokehold, allegedly by a Marine veteran. The NYPD says almost a dozen arrests were made. NYPD Chief Jeffrey Madre said demonstrators were warned, and that's when he says officers noticed it could become very dangerous. And as we started to move the crowd, we found a Molotov cocktail that was 
in, in the crowd, on the ground. A grand jury is expected to decide soon whether Marine Daniel Penny will face criminal charges for Neely's death. The fight continues between New York City Mayor Eric Adams and Rockland County officials over plans to house incoming asylum seekers. Adams is sending hundreds of adult males to a Rockland County hotel. County Executive Ed Day claims the influx will create an undue burden on the area. The city of New York right now is on the edge of making things much, much worse, destroying many more lives, hurting many more people. That is what Mayor Adams and his plan is going to do. County Executive Day has declared a state of emergency. Jury deliberations are expected to begin today at former President Trump's civil trial in New York. It stems from the alleged rape of writer E. Jean Carroll in the 1990s. Trump denies that it happened. Democratic members of the Senate Judiciary Committee have asked billionaire Republican donor Harlan Crow to lay out in detail any gifts or payments made to Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and his family as a battle over the high court's ethics intensifies. In Russia, President Vladimir Putin addressed his country's Victory Day parade on Moscow's Red Square today. Putin claims that a real war has been unleashed against Russia, a reference to the war in Ukraine. Earlier, Russia unleashed a barrage of cruise missiles on Ukraine. Ukraine's Air Force said it had successfully destroyed 23 of 25 of them. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. Good morning, Nathan. The Knicks just played two games in Miami, 96 minutes, and they trailed for 95 minutes and 27 seconds. Never led game three, held two very brief one-point leads in the first quarter last night. At one point, they did cut the Heat's lead down to three and never got closer. Miami won 109-101, and the Heat now lead the series 3-1. to Knicks beaten at their own game. Normally, they have the rebounding advantage. Miami out-rebounded them by nine. They grabbed 13 on the offensive end. Julius Randle was asked about it. Yeah, I want it more. I don't know. Um, you know, um, that's been who we are all year. And uh, we got to find a way to, you know, step up and, and make those plays if we want to keep the season alive. Five at the Garden tomorrow with the Knicks facing elimination. The Lakers... Trailed Golden State in the fourth quarter, rallied to win by three, and L.A. up 3-1 on the Warriors. The other two series are tied at two with game fives tonight. Celtics and Sixers in Boston. Phoenix in Denver. Nuggets star Nikola Jokic not suspended. He was fined $25,000 for that incident with what at first appeared to be just a Suns fan. was actually the owner of the team. Stanley Cup playoffs. Vegas won 5-1 in Edmonton to go up 2-1 in the series. The Devils host Carolina tonight. Home teams have won the first three games. The Kings are up 2-1. Yankees hit four home runs. Even Aaron Hicks hit one. They beat Oakland 7-2 at the stadium. And Aaron Judge will be back in the lineup tonight. Mets losers of 11 of the last 14. Look to get back to 500 tonight in Cincinnati. They'll have Max Scherzer on the mound. He hasn't won a game in a month. John Stash, Edward, Bloomberg Sports. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. 
I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. The political lines have been drawn ahead of today's high-stakes meeting on the debt ceiling between President Biden and congressional leaders. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. We should not have House Republicans manufacturing a crisis on something that has been done 78 times since 1960. Republican Senator Bill Cassidy. The president needs to show leadership, not just say, I want it exactly the way I want it, and I won't talk to you otherwise. Senator Cassidy spoke with Bloomberg ahead of this meeting that is set to get underway after the closing bell. Ahead of it, we are joined now by John Raines, director with the Global Insights and Analysis team at S&P Global. John, it's great to speak with you again. I did find it interesting that they did schedule this meeting after trading ends on Wall Street today. I wonder if they're trying to minimize whatever market impact could come out of what's discussed. I think you I think you raise a good point there, which is that uh, I think they do want to kind of push this later in the day, potentially even after the media cycle and, and the na- the nightly news broadcast are out there. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're not expecting huge developments today. This is almost a meet and greet atmospheric meeting. And, and really, the big news out of today is, are they going to meet again? And if they are, when? Can this really be a meet and greet, though, when we are hearing from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen that that so-called X date for potential default could come in just about three weeks, just a little bit more than three weeks time? Right. So, I mean, like, obviously, although this particular meeting might not necessarily lead to some type of rapid advancement in the negotiations, they're going to have to get there and they're going to have to get there quick. I mean, there's only six more legislative days before the end of the month, where we're going to have both, you know, uh, House and the Senate in session and Biden inside D.C. So they're going to have to start moving in the direction of either some type of negotiated solution or what we're beginning to hear, as you uh, elaborated earlier, is the possibility of some type of short extension, whether it's one to two weeks or whether we're looking at conjoining these negotiations with uh, the government funding, which, of course, will end out at the end of September. And that's what the president has insisted that he does not want to do. He does not want to tie this to government spending. Are you seeing any signs that he's willing to bend on that point? I think even announcing the dates, that the idea that he's willing to negotiate on government funding, we've heard hints from various members of the administration that they think a short-term extension would be possible. The White House would be amenable to that. 
uh, are signs that they're willing to kind of link this up. We've seen this in the past in debt ceiling crises before. So therefore, I, I wouldn't be surprised that this is something behind the scenes that they're already somewhat pushing with almost uh, the House understanding that maybe a debt, you know, some type of resolution here, it's going to take longer than three weeks. We've also heard Republicans insisting that the president needs to speak particularly with the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on this. And even Senator McConnell, who was involved in the negotiations more than a decade ago, is saying that he doesn't have some kind of secret deal uh, to get something done. He's insisting that he's going to stay on the sidelines. Why is that important that it's going to be President Biden and Speaker McCarthy and potentially no one else really being involved in the uh, highest level discussions here? Well, we don't. I mean, obviously, that's that. Those are the atmospherics that we're going to be seeing later on today, and that's what we're going to be seeing in this first week or so. But behind the scenes, we're going to see moderates within both parties kind of trying to hash out a deal. So it's it's important, I think, in some respects, because McConnell was so instrumental in getting deals in the past. So if he sits on the on the back benches here, and then he, it's really just McCarthy and Biden, McCarthy, in somewhat to somewhat dependent on those conservative Republicans. And so if there are any deal that he ends up making, it's maybe going to cost him votes within his caucus to keep his speakership. So therefore, despite the fact that we're likely to see these guys coming out of this press conference saying, hey, listen, we have a new date. We're looking forward. Things are moving you know, in a positive direction. At the end of the day, it's going to be moderates within both parties that are actually going to be able to push a deal across the finish line. Is there enough support for a moderate deal uh, in Congress when you have a lot of very conservative Republicans that Speaker McCarthy hinges on to maintain his speakership. We got about a minute left here. Sure. Yeah, I think in, in all honesty, it, it will be difficult if the if the White House doesn't budge at all and House Republicans don't budge at all. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I think both parties necessarily will not necessarily vote that thing uh, again you know, across the finish line. But at, at some point, you know, just as we get sooner and sooner and we really understand the limits that the U.S. is facing, I think the moderates take the, the forefront and end up actually creating a deal. If, if for no other reason, they're going to have to. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.